Welcome to Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesotans with the world and exploring important international issues. For a complete list of programs and to join us, visit globalminnesota.org. Welcome back, everyone. We're about to begin our afternoon program here in Minnesota, but to those who've just joined us and those who've been with us all morning, we're so glad you're here with us on this special day. I wanted to remind everyone who wanted to make use of the American Sign Language and closed captioning, there is accessible programming. The information is on the box, the description box on the YouTube channel that you're watching. Um, I want to thank St. Cloud State University for providing this service, but also for inspiring us and being our treasured partner on deepening and expanding our accessibility here at Global Minnesota. So thank you so much um, to St. Cloud State for that. The next part of our program, we're going to be looking very deeply at how one of our uh, main healthcare providing and, and medical device companies, uh, Medtronic, is partnering and partners with the community to find those special ways to address critical issues that relate to our theme today, health equity and equality. Um, uh, to kick off this afternoon, we're going to first hear from the President of the Medtronic Foundation and Vice President for Philanthropy, um, Poor Bath in the, the uh, uh, foundation role. Um, I first met Porvi when the company Medtronic became clearly one of the true leaders in our nation and around the world on the sustainable development goals. And um, uh, beyond just sort of how that affects them and how they make their decisions, they were the strong voice saying that sustainable development goals need to be generalized and socialized throughout our companies. They created an organization with others called Impact 2030 to provide a vehicle for involving the employees, the team members from companies everywhere in achieving those important goals. And so I'm really pleased to have Porvi um, leading our session coming up uh, right now. Also joining us is the uh, Chief Executive Officer and Chairman of the Board of Medtronic, uh, Jeff Martha, who um, is the leader of one of the world's largest and the world's innovative leader in medical technology. Some of you uh, earlier heard me mention uh, uh, Earl Bakken, who was the founder, uh, co-founder and, and creator of one of the earliest products. Um, and I, my life has been changed when I heard his message about not just the importance of innovation in medical device and uh, medical care, but asking the ethical questions about what do we do with the extra years of life that we've been gifted through modern medical technology, but also through things like heart transplants, pacemakers, heart valves. Uh, these are things that we're very proud of in Minnesota that we've been able to be the home for innovation for so many of these things, heart valves, et cetera. But we're also proud that we're part of the thinking, the intellectual, the ethical, the thought leadership about what are the issues that come out of these kinds of uh, opportunities being presented. And of course, this COVID-19 pandemic is an opportunity for changing and thinking, but it's also a great challenge to us all. So I'm so thrilled to have uh, this opportunity to hear from Medtronic about special um, partnerships that they're making. And Porvi, please uh, uh, take the mic and welcome to all of your team. We're so excited to hear the, this new partnership um, that Medtronic will be talking about over our noon hour. Well, thank you, Mark, and it's just terrific to be here today. It's uh, World Health Day, and that is a, a cherished day for so many of us, but this particular topic um, really comes home for us uh, because, of course, equity is, is so central to all of our thinking. It always has been, but I think none of us can, uh, can look away from what's happened over the last 18 months and just so proud of what we've been able to achieve together and uh, and just in the humility of, of exploring how do we think about equity in these times. And just love that you hearken back to Earl Bakken um, and even the, the, the really important call to action of what do we do with our extra life. I think the partnership that we're coming into and you're gonna hear a lot about today um, really brings that to life. So just, uh, just excited for this time we had, uh, in front of us and couldn't be even more excited to be here with Jeff. Uh, we've had some time to do this in a few rounds and 
to do this at home in Minnesota and to really talk about the importance of, uh, of global issues for us right here in Minnesota and the important role that companies and nonprofits and just the Minnesota perspective offers when we bring what we have to solve some of the largest global problems that the world is facing. And the whole day has been focused on that. So Jeff, it's uh, it's great to have you here and uh, would love to kick off and just, you know, talk about personally, what does, uh, you know, health equity mean to you and why why have we really come into this so deeply as Medtronic? Sure. Well, thanks. Thanks, Porvi. And thanks, Mark. Thanks for the uh, introduction. And I'm really excited to be here today on, on Global Health Day and talking about a, a topic that that you'll see that uh, is something that near dear to our to our heart as a company and me personally and very passionate about. So, so, um, so I'll just kick it off then. Uh, so, yeah. your question was about health equity. What does it mean? Or yeah, and uh, you know, to you personally, and then certainly as it's woven into our mission. Well, sure. I mean, I, like you mentioned, I, I would start there with with uh, Medtronic's mission, which, for those that aren't familiar with it, was was written. Uh, Mark mentioned uh, Earl Bach and our founder. You know, he and and a few others on his team wrote the mission uh, sixty years ago, and, and hasn't changed. And there's multiple tenets of it, but it does talk to. Um, there's actually six tenets, but you know, a number of those tenets get to things like uh, you know, um, you know, improving patient outcomes, but not just but for all patients and uh, around the world. And so this, this whole idea of, of uh, healthcare outcomes for, for everybody, whether you live uh, in the United States or uh, in other parts of the world is something that Medtronic has been focused on for a long time. And so, you know, so for us, uh, you know, this, this is something that um, is very important and, and the, the opportunity, we feel we're in a good spot to help out without health equity here. I mean, it's, you know, in an age of innovation, the technology innovation that's taking place uh, right now inside of healthcare and outside of healthcare, but we, we bring that technology into healthcare uh, is really making it possible for us to address what we call the universal healthcare needs simultaneously, improving outcomes, but at the same time of lowering costs and improving access. And all the improvements in t technology that have really accelerated uh, put us in a position uh, to do that. And, and technology is having a meaningful difference, including driving uh, healthcare to underserved areas with uh, heretofore have been, it's been difficult to have meaningful healthcare outcomes in those areas. And so, um, so that's a big driver of it. And so we're a technology company in healthcare. We think we can use that technology to help, but there's broader, we do have to work with, um, you know, uh, governments around the world uh, to help this. We have to uh, work with different partners, like we're going to talk about some of those today, because uh, we're not a delivery, uh, a healthcare delivery company per se, we're more of a technology company. Uh, we've got to work on, you know, beyond technology, new systems of care, moving from like a, uh, you know, we're in a, a volume-based healthcare environment in the United States to more of a value-based one. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, ultimately keep the, uh, the eye on the prize here, which is those outcomes uh, and driving that access. So everything we do is not just technology for technology safe, but but driving outcomes uh, and, and and for all people. And so we've had to we've had to make and Porvi, you've been a big part of this. We've had to make a very specific focus on some of these underserved areas around the world because actually providing meaningful healthcare outcomes in these underserved communities where the resources just aren't there uh, is something that. Um, is very challenging, and, and, and we determined a few years ago that it's going to take a very specific uh, group of dedicated resources and investments on our part to, to to really get there. You can't just take our products that we use in, in the United States, and, and even if we gave away, uh, like Omar used to tell the story, even if we gave away pacemakers in India, that's not enough because uh, they don't have the infrastructure. So uh, we've got to do more in these under-resourced environments. Well, and, and that, you know, challenge that we've taken on has uh, rapidly become a very global and boundaryless one. Uh, those challenges are happening right here in the United States just as much in different ways as around the world. The underserved is everywhere. And, and that has uh, been such an anchor point around universal health coverage and, and even this SDG discussion that's afoot, which is for every country, every location. And so as we've been perseverating on this, I think there's so much that happened during COVID 
um, where we really dialed up, you know, what's our role when there's something that happens that really shocks the globe. And uh, it's been a big thread of the conversation this morning. And so it'd be remiss if we didn't take a little, little time here to just walk through how did our perspective on addressing a global problem and living out that mission that said everyone deserves something in this time, what can we do? Um, you know, our work with the ventilators and uh, and just stepping in the way we did with, with COVID, Jeff, would be great. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think COVID really did, to you, as you've uh, intimated here, really did remind us of the role that we could and, and should play uh, mm-hmm. and to think big here. And in this case, for us, there was a number of things we did during COVID. Uh, one that you know get, gets a lot of attention is our role in, in, in ventilators. Um, you know, so if you rewind the tape back to the spring mm-hmm. of, of 2020, uh, when, when COVID was really taking off, there was a lot of unknowns. Hospitalizations were on the rise, and, and hospitals didn't know how to treat uh, COVID patients very well. They've gotten a lot better at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, put aside the vaccine, this is treating uh, people that are sick with COVID and ventilators were, were uh, um, considered to be, and still are considered to be a huge part of the treatment protocol. And there just wasn't enough ventilators out there. And mm-hmm. so, and they didn't have the right functionality uh, mm-hmm. to, to accommodate these patients. And, and, you know, hospitals wanted the remote capabilities, how do you operate the ventilators remotely, monitor patients remotely on ventilators versus having to go in the room. And, and there just weren't enough of them. And, and we at Medtronic, we provide a third of the uh, critical care ventilators in the United States and, and over a quarter around the world. And so we were, um, you know, in a position where one, we needed to dramatically increase production. Um, we needed to improve and enhance the, the, the capabilities of these ventilators. And in addition to that, we had to take on a, a, a primary role of of allocating these ventilators around the world. But, you know, and and that had to be done uh, in, in a very um, needs-based way. It can't be, we, we took the approach, it couldn't be, you know, okay, who pays you the most or uh, you know, your, your strategic partners. It had to be based needs-based. And so we, in many ways, um, you know, uh, you know, changed, uh, uh, really had to come up with some new things. We're not normally put in a position where yeah. we're uh, allocating things like that. And uh, we didn't get much guidance from governments. And um, and matter of fact, they were conflicting. Um, everybody wanted ventilators. They wanted to save lives, but lives of their constituents and, and, and we're a global company. So navigating all these things, our mission really helped guide us. Uh, we knew this was a moment in history that 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 will always be remembered. And, and I'm proud of the way we stepped up. We were able to increase ventilator production 5X, you know, five times in a very short period of time. And kind of how we did that with partnerships and open sourcing the ventilator. So we put our, our plans online so everybody could see them and download them. Matt, we had people coming from all over the world, different industries, helping us with solutions to, to ramp production and to improve the functionality of it. And then we work with direct, with, directly with governments all around the world to help allocate these ventilators in the best way possible and navigate the politics because we didn't want to get involved with that and keep the patients first. So it really, it really reminded us of um, the role that 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 we that we can play on a global scale and and the impact. And you know, really proud of how that how we handled that. Well, and that segues so well into really putting um, a, re- a real life frame on what we mean when we say social impact. Really bringing the full power of everything that the company can do to address some of these pressing issues and. Uh, and in addition to everything that was happening from the company, there were certainly things that were happening philanthropically. And the whole envelope of what we did together really put, uh, certainly lived out our mission, but also put us on the map. And I and couldn't be more proud to have done that together. And I think we're on the brink of that today in, in the announcement that we're going to be making and the partnership that we have with Children's Heartlink. Um, you know, as you're thinking about social impact and social outcomes and, and reflecting on our foundation, you sit on our board as well. You know, what kinds of things do you see are transformational in the way that uh, charitable foundations um, can behave in this time? You know, really getting outside that check writing mindset and thinking more about social outcomes. Well, like I said earlier, you know, Medtronic, we're a technology company and we're we're not a healthcare provider, um, but ultimately, um, so we're not a hospital, you know, um, we work with hospitals, obviously, and enable them. Um, but, um, but ultimately we're in it for the outcomes. And, and so, uh, partnering with these organizations to, to help is, is what we do. And, and the foundation provided us a unique way to, 
uh, create partnerships that you know went beyond our technology in some cases to mm-hmm. you know to help and, and, and during the pandemic and the social and the social unrest uh, issues that, that popped up and so I think you know a couple of things that uh, that come to mind over the over the last year both the pandemic and the social unrest is our ability in the foundation to do a couple of things one um, focus uh, on and have you know a narrower set of um, issues that we're focused on or opportunities, depending on how you want to look at it, and go deep uh, with that North Star being an outcome and defining that outcome in a tangible way and holding ourselves and our partners accountable. So that so the couple of things, that, that clear focus on the outcomes that we define up front, these focusing on big issues, but specific ones and going deep versus a many issues and go, go and not going uh, very deep. And then and then these partnerships uh, that we formed, and then finally engaging our employees in those partnerships um, because it, it to, to, to magnify our impact, like you said. So we're not just writing checks, but we're uh, using our skills-based volunteerism, as I used to use the term, uh, to magnify the impact. So it's it's focus, it's the outcomes uh, approach, outcomes-oriented approach, focus on key areas, um, partnerships. Deep partnerships uh, with with uh, with organizations that can really uh, you know we can help them they can help us and and then um, yeah so those so those are the, those are the and yeah. then engaging our employees directly involved in these partnerships. Well, I think you know that's just a perfect opportunity now for us to talk about Children's Heartland um, because uh, those all of those threads come together in this incredible relationship we've had over the years with Children's Heartland. Um, you know for. For folks who don't know uh, about Children's Heartlink, you know, tell you also sit on their board. Give us a little flavor of who they are and uh, the connection between us as a company and them. And then um, we'll broaden this conversation and take a look at some videos and invite Jackie. To sure. Yeah. So I look. I I got. Um, so I, I moved to the Twin Cities ten years ago. It was 2011, um, and so I've been here ten years. I moved from. I was working at GE. Came in and and. Um, sat on the executive committee, so reporting to the CEO and, you know, wanted to get, you know, involved in some of the community organizations and and was introduced to Children's Heartlink um, and uh, really, uh, really fell in love with, with, their, with their mission and their approach. What, what I liked about Children's Heartlink is, you know, hear me talk about this being scalable and sustainable. So it was very focused on, uh, you know, children born with, with uh, you know, congenital heart issues um, and in under-resourced countries uh, around the world, and they had a model, or they have a model that is, you know, very like outcomes-focused. Uh, you know, it's it's in, and it's also very focused on a very specific condition because healthcare is hard, and if you if you try to be all things to all people, uh, your 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 impact, I think, is going to be limited. They're very focused, um, or are very focused. And and it was a, 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 they showed uh, the ability to scale um, and and make it sustainable because the the model of um, the model of knowledge transfer where they match up a a hospital in the United States like a Mayo Clinic uh, and pair them up uh, with a health system in, in in an emerging market like Vietnam or India or or parts of China or or, or Brazil. Uh, and over a course of several years, that knowledge transfer occurs uh, so that you're training the trainers effectively. And, oh, and then that hospital becomes a trainer in that region. Um, that uh, plus the fact that uh, they work with governments to show the outcomes of this work. Uh, so the governments prioritize this as a, as, as a, in their healthcare spending uh, and they're getting the outcomes. The, the problem is, is significant. I skipped over that one in a hundred and you know, one in a hundred kids. Uh, around the world are born with a heart defect. And many of these, um, no matter what your, you know, that's a, that, no matter what your race or if you're born in a, in, in a, in a rich country or a poor country, it's, the, those are the numbers. Number. But, and many of these are uh, solvable with modern healthcare techniques and the children will go on to lead normal lives. Some are more complicated, but many of them are eminently solvable uh, with the right training and resources. Uh, and, and, and HeartLink has got that model down and the the results were were phenomenal, and so I um, was blown away. And I and I it looked really good to me. And and after working with them for a couple of uh, almost like a year, I said, "Boy, I, they got to meet Omar, my my predecessor, uh, who's a you know student of healthcare systems, and that'll be the real test." 
So we scheduled like an hour meeting and, and Jackie and, 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 and uh, this woman Bistra who works with Jackie's team and that man that leads all the programs came and it was supposed to be an hour meeting and the thing lasted three hours. Omar kept canceling these <laughs> meetings and, and cause he was fascinated and kept asking more and more questions. And those know Omar, you know, that's how he learns. And, and, and Bistra and Jackie kept having all the right answers and, and from there, you know, the marriage between Medtronic and and uh, and, and Children's Heart like really took on a new a course, an inflection point, and we've really enjoyed uh, the partnership over the years. And and we learn a lot, you know, uh, we learn a lot. Um, you know, necessity is the mother of innovation here, and Children's Heart like doesn't have a ton of resources, but still gets a scalable and sustainable improvement of outcome and kids around the world, and it's amazing. And so we've learned a lot as as well uh, from this partnership. Well, it's been incredible. And I can just say, um, as someone who's been in the health arena for a while and in global health in more traditional ways, it's also helped us learn about how this particular condition and these types of partnerships are really part of a new generation of how we come into global health. And uh, and it's very exciting to see this all come together. Now, we've talked quite a bit about pre you know previewing a partnership. So let's just say we are announcing a new partnership today. And it's an exciting long-term and deep partnership between us and Children's HeartLink, and we're incredibly excited by it. And let's uh, let's first take a look at a video, and then we'll we'll bring Jackie in and, and have a deeper conversation. Ninety percent of children born with heart disease don't have access to the care they need. Most of those children live in low and middle income countries. Children's HeartLink works to change that by training and empowering medical teams in underserved regions of the world. The Medtronic Foundation is launching a new multi-year partnership to take that work even further, focusing on equitable access to congenital heart disease surgery, improved patient outcomes, and engaging Medtronic employees to ensure high-quality, sustainable systems of care. We would not have had the program that we have today with our patient outcomes and training capacity if it hadn't been for our multi-year partnership with Children's HeartLink. The Medtronic Foundation Partnership aims to provide 10,000 children with quality pediatric heart surgery in Brazil, China, and India, train 10,000 health workers, including pediatric surgeons, cardiologists, and nurses, to provide congenital heart disease surgery, and leverage Medtronic employees' time and talent to reduce health disparities in access to care. Patients like Hari, whose parents waited for 16 years for his life-saving heart surgery. We were able to help him thanks to a 3D print of his heart that showed us how to correct his heart disease. The surgery I had makes it possible for me to go to university where I am studying technology. Because medical technology saved my life. I look forward to one day contributing to medical advances that will help others. Together, we will strengthen global health equity and improve access to the quality care children deserve. So, um, it's just, it's always moving when I see that video, so I just got to get to my breath for a second. You know, I, uh, I invite Jackie Boucher, who's the, the president of Children's HeartLink, to join us. I also just have to say, uh, for anyone who really needs an example of what Earl Bakken's um, call to action is about giving back with your extra life. That story is inside of Hari, what he said in that video. Um, because of what's happened in, the, in his life and being able to have a life-saving surgery and his own commitment now to be a part of the next round of advancements that who knows where that's going to go. And that's the extra life. And so um, it's just really powerful to see that all come together as a part of this uh, conversation. So Jackie, Thank you for joining us and uh, being a part of all the work that you do and what you've led and, and a part of a really exciting day today with this partnership. Welcome. Yeah, thank you, Corby. I'm thrilled to be here with you and Jeff talking about a topic that both of us or all three of us in our organizations are passionate about equitable access to healthcare. Um, just to say a little more about Children's HeartLink, I know the video um, did probably a better job than even speaking about it, but. For 50 years, Children's HeartLink has been really focused on addressing inequities for children born with heart disease. And we do this, as Jeff mentioned, by a trainer, the trainer approach, really working to transform pediatric heart care in underserved parts of the world. 
Um, I know Jeff mentioned, you know, one in 100 children is born with a heart defect. So really put that issue in perspective. Every five minutes, 10 children are born with a heart defect. Nine of those 10 children won't get access to the care they deserve. Congenital heart disease is a rising contributor to infant mortality and is a leading cause of mortality from a non-communicable disease in people under 30 years of age. So it's really the leading cause of death for those ages 0 to 30 um, with a non-communicable disease. And I know that's part of today's World Health Day focus on inequity. Um, even in the United States, where we have more access to treatment, there's racial and social economic disparities in infant mortality related to congenital heart disease. So it's wonderful to have this partnership to really start to address the issue in some of these underserved populations and take our train the trainer approach. And as Jeff mentioned, scale that approach. Um, right now we reach about 170,000 children per year in the five countries where we work, Brazil, China, India, Malaysia, and Vietnam. And we hope to grow to future in the future to other countries. Um, we've definitely grown our reach, but the need is great. Well, that's uh, that's impactful to know, especially given the number of countries um, and the opportunity for scale, not just within a country, but across based on what we're able to do together. You know, and Jeff, you've already outlined so much about why this partnership matters to us, just the long and rich history that we've had together and the opportunity of staying very focused and really getting to outcomes and getting to scale. But you know, what makes us really unique, and I think many uh, corporate foundations unique, is the, com the combination of our, all of our assets, not just the financial ones, but also our employees. And so I'm just wondering, you know, what you've seen and how you're thinking through some of those combinations of our skills. We mentioned skill-based volunteerism. Right. Uh, we've got some folks that are coming in. We know that in addition to you on this board, we have Anu Kadadi, one of our general managers, who's also on the board of Children's HeartLink, and really just galvanizing more and more, uh, not only enthusiasm, but uh, bringing in some of the skills of our employees. Um, you know, talk, you have a lot of passion around that kind of engagement, like how to bring sure, in engagement. I mean, there's all okay. kinds of areas. I mean, one, you mentioned, you know, you know, also on the board to have with the strategy of the of the of the Children's Heartlink organization, um, but also we've got a lot of uh, there's a lot of areas. I mean, government affairs. Well, <clears throat> we have large uh, organizations, large employee base, uh, big business in these countries, and access to government officials. We can help drive awareness and get the Children's Heartlink uh, you know narrative out there. And our health, our our evidence generation team that can help design and collect uh, more evidence uh, to, again, to prove the outcomes and to prove the health economics and how it's beneficial to these to these economies so that it's that it's protected in, in the funding uh, as these healthcare systems prioritize where they spend their dollars. We want to make sure this is protected because one, it works and two, it's, it, it's good economically for them. It's a good economic investment. And you've got to be good in how you present that. I think we can help there. Uh, technology solutions as new technologies emerge in this space that could uh, make these procedures more minimally invasive and, you know, easier perform. So, you know, the, the, the list, the list goes on um, mm -hmm. in terms of even, you know, communications, there's a lot of areas we can apply our resources. And then we actually have, you know, groups of, uh, as a development opportunity, Medtronic, we, we provide opera, you know, and, and, and this is uh a lot of this is funded out of Porgy's organization, this, this organization called the Global Innovation Fellows. We take cohorts of up-and-coming Medtronic leaders, uh, you know, very bright, um, ambitious uh, young people uh, that, um, you know, want to also give back. Uh, as part of the development, we put them in dedicated teams that go in, into these markets and, you know, investigate a, a problem or an opportunity in terms of, you know, how can we fix something or how, how can we take greater advantage of, of an opportunity there. And, and it's a, it's a so-called a surge of resources that we can apply to very specific, you know, uh, questions or problems to help out. So there's a number of ways. And, uh, and then, and then, you know, I think the more we talk about it in, within Medtronic, just like when we open source the ventilator, I talked about the more you talk about it, the more you, more people come up with ideas and raise their hands. And so that's, that, so, you know, that, that's kind of how we want to do these partnerships. Yeah. Versus just here's a here's a check and and uh, good luck, but you know here's some money and it's I wouldn't call it strings. It's you know it's like it, it, it's here's here's some resources too, but it has to be there has to be a mutual interest uh, or mutual need. So yeah. that's how we see it going. 
Yeah, I think it's been uh, it's been powerful to see, especially you know that that global innovation fellows effort that you're referencing here. We had a, a cohort, and they're basically um, employees across the organization. They're come to they come together with different skills and different perspectives. It's actually a great way to even think about diversity and inclusion because they are representing all different parts of the world and society, and they're coming in together with uh, with uh, Children's Heartlink. And thinking through some some solutions and opportunities, and frankly, yeah, giving a, a different perspective on service um, as they grow as leaders, and integrating that into the into their next uh, chapter. And uh, during COVID, we had to to grapple with a virtual way of doing that. And so, you know, Jackie, how did that feel? And what kind of ideas came out of that when you had the the innovation team with you? Yeah, that was a fantastic opportunity for our organization to have them work with us. You know, obviously our model was built on more in-person contact and uh, like many organizations switching to virtual and um, also being a small organization, having access to um, Medtronic is such a global innovator in so many areas. So helping us think about technology, helping us think about how we can educate uh virtually um, and be engaging, but achieve objectives of what we're trying to train all of these different clinicians, whether it's the surgeon, the perfusionist, the nurse, every clinician's part of the pediatric cardiac care team. And so it really helped us think differently, um, help us think, develop more of a scalable solution and has really helped us sustain impact during this time. No, it's a, it's also added to creativity on on uh, their side, our side as well, and thinking about again one of those moments where okay, we're in a seemingly insolvable situation. What are we going to do? And and you see the best ideas come out of that. So, what do you think about um, how deep this partnership can go, and and the kind of broader impact that can that can happen? You know, knowing that we're going to uh, ultimately improve the lives of at least 10,000 kids, um, but also build up the capabilities of 10,000 health workers. Um, and you've got access to a whole host of centers of excellence and health systems around the world. Um, how do you see that in, a, in crossing disparities and also going to scale? Sure. Yeah, you know, this partnership is transformational for the organization. Um, I think it's going to help us scale in underserved countries that experience high disparities for children who need congenital heart surgery, but aren't able to access it. Um, so because of this partnership in the next three years, we'll be adding five new partner hospitals in Brazil, China, and India. And that will help us really double our impact between 2025 and 2030 as a result of this train the trainer approach that we use. I think creating more access to treatment is important. You know, we're talking about equities today here at the Global Minnesota event. You know, every parent who has a child born with heart disease wants the same thing. Yeah. Access to the best care possible as their child can live a long and healthy life. They want them to move, you know, be a contributor to the world um, and to have happiness. Um, you know, congenital heart disease, as we mentioned earlier, as far as equity, is the seventh leading cause of infant mortality globally. 85% of those deaths are in low and middle income countries. Access to quality pediatric cardiovascular care is a huge issue for these countries. There's also inequity, not only inequities to access to treatment, but we know there may be some inequities by gender. And I know we've talked a little bit about gender in the symposium today, inequities. The incidence of congenital heart disease is the same for boys and girls. However, there is some evidence that cultural practices may drive decisions to treat girls less than boys in some countries, but this has to be studied further. So not only are we working on partnerships uh, with Medtronic, but one component of this partnership we're really excited about is to conduct an equity study so we can add to the data gaps in this area. I think the other part of the access gap in the countries where we work is also due to the shortage of trained health professionals and a lack of specialized training for pediatric cardiac care. And so these are major barriers to care equity in these low to middle income countries. And together we hope to address both. Um, we'll train the local workforce by partnering with leading medical volunteer institutions that will provide some of the training to help us in the countries where we're working build regional centers of excellence so that children born with a heart defect are identified, they're treated, and they get high quality care. 
I think uh, the other piece of these centers of excellence that's really exciting is that, you know, once they achieve a center of excellence status, they're delivering a certain quality of care, but they're also training and doing research. And so we're really building local capacity. And so the lasting impact is exponential. It'll be, it'll be really interesting also to see how this combination of resources that brings you know, the financial assets together with the talent of, of, uh, of a company can maybe get to some of those uh, opportunities even faster. And I know we're really open to joining on with others and, and ensuring that we can bring the very best uh, collectively and collective action in, on this topic. Um, I know through your work and Bistro's work, there's a lot of policy work to be done here and, and elevating mm -hmm. this particular issue as a pretty strong driver of maternal and child mortality and what do we need to do there. So it'll be an important time. It, we've uh, hearkened so much about this uh, partnership being unique, you know, throughout this conversation. Um, and we've all been working in different partnerships for some, some time. What would you say to this community that's listening today, which is representing pretty much every sector that's involved in healthcare from all parts of the world, but certainly in Minnesota? Um, you know, what are the things that you would say offer as guidance on unique and different types of partnership? Oh, I'm going to take a shot at that. I mean, yeah. I, talk, I talked a lot about some of the ways that we've changed our thinking, right, around the outcomes orientation, the focus, um, you know, but, but the, the deeper partnerships. But, I, you know, one thing I'd say for, for companies like Medtronic, uh, look, there's a lot we get out of this, too. I mean, you got to think of the win-win here. So, like, what Jackie was talking about opening five new centers, I mean, that's music to my ears. I mean, five new partner hospitals, I mean, because that's that's exponential growth, right? Because uh, then they'll treat, all, all, you know, it's a bunch of new patients, and then they'll train other trainers to treat more patients. And 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 then she talked about more evidence. I mean, the impact to that the patients here, especially in the children's heart link model is, is huge. And so that's, that, if that is, that's, that's, that's enough really. But, but I think there's uh, for us just to know that and, and uh, we feel good about that, but there's more that can be had here. I mean, we can, like I said earlier, we can learn a lot, you know, from, from this partnership and we are learning and we would like to apply to create um, other children heart links, if you will, in in areas outside of congenital heart, uh, you know, problems, uh, and we're working on uh, setting up organizations like this um, in in hypertension. We have one set up uh, uh, outside the United States, as well as um, uh, hearing loss. These are other areas, uh, clinical areas that we're in as a company, and we're learning new models of care. Uh, we're we're developing new technologies that are specifically designed for these under-resourced environments and these conditions, but will be applied to other areas of the company, even here in the United States. And so it is, uh, we're getting a lot out of it. And um, it's not a side job. It needs to be something that has direct access to the most senior people in your company. Um, and uh, it, it has to be more integrated in with what you're doing and tied to your broader company strategy, whether you're a technology company like Medtronic, or you could be a large health system, you know, don't treat these things like a side job uh, that you get good PR from and, or just even get good feel good from you. You can learn. I mean, this is strategic for us. It's tied to our mission, um, but it's strategic for us. And so I think of it that way and you get a lot more out of these partnerships. I mean, um, what I've come to learn is like, you know, you know, you can do in a company like Medtronic with our, our resources, you can do almost every, anything, but you can't do everything and you got to focus. And so if you're going to partner, then partner, you know, uh, go big or go home. Uh, so that's, that's what I'd say. Well, and Jackie, so here we are, we're going to try and go big. Uh, we're definitely not going home. Uh, so what, what, uh, you've been partnering with a lot of folks too. I know today we are the special one, but, uh, but there's been a lot of partners in, in the mix. What kinds of things have worked well and, uh, what kinds of, tips do you have for the future and possibly even a call to action for us? Sure. Yeah, no, sure. I think, um, you know, today in the World Health Day, there's been some mention of sustainable development goals. I just want to say a word about that and then answer your questions for me. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, countries around the world signed on to the sustainable development goals in 2015, which have specific targets for reducing childhood mortality and mortality from non-communicable diseases. 
And I think what's exciting about this partnership between Medtronic and Children's HeartLink is that we're working to address both by serving children with a non-communicable disease, which is heart disease. Mm -hmm. You know, as we've kind of seen the um, communicable diseases decline, you know, uh, Congenital heart disease is constant, right? Children are born um, at the same rate. And so it's becoming more visible. And I think this partnership helps make it a lot more visible. I think uh, the other exciting piece about the partnership is that it's not just about funding. You know, it's, as uh, Corby and Jeff, you both have talked about engaging the Medtronic employees. Um, is also, you know, I know it's great to hear, Jeff, that you're saying you're learning from us. Um, we're going to learn even more, you know, from a global thought leader, Medtronic. And so I think this partnership will have a long-term impact on our program model, just like we talked about earlier with the Global Innovation Fellows and how we've had to go to remote training. But as a small organization, I think um, partnering uh, and sharing knowledge, technology, um, data, and even talent pools, um, it really helps us expand our, our model, our reach, and our impact. And that's important if we want to address this issue of congenital heart disease. And so I think as far as innovative and the partnership, you know, I really do see that um, this is innovative in the sense that, uh, of sharing this talent pool and sharing information. It's more of the true sense of partnership. Sometimes I think partnerships are in theory yeah. organizations. And I think because our missions are aligned, the work is aligned, um, that um, hopefully, you know, this lasting impact of the 10,000 children uh, impacted receiving surgery and 10,000 health professionals trained has a very big impact um, in years to come as a result of those outcomes that we're working to achieve. Well, I mean, I, I'll also say, and I know, Jeff, I've heard you speak on this before, too. There's just so much to learn from the nonprofit sector, you know, as we come into it and start thinking about these different sectors um, and how you need to have government plus the nonprofit sector plus uh, the, the commercial and private sector to get to the solutions uh, you know, Jeff, if you wouldn't mind, you shared in the past about what you've learned just yourself as someone who's come up through business and your own personal journey and in in, uh, in service. Uh, what kinds of things you've learned from the nonprofit sector as a sector? Well, look, I, I think um, you know I've learned, and this children's hardly a good example of this. That, you know, um, you know, small teams can do great things. Right. Uh, and sometimes, uh, and this is you know, one of the, anybody that's following Medtronic knows that I'm trying to make, go Medtronic from this $130 billion revenue company to $31 billion companies. Those $1 billion companies are still pretty big, but they're a lot smaller than $30 billion to kind of get the teams focused on big ideas, but smaller teams working on big ideas. And I, I think, um, you know, I think that uh, people get caught up in, you know, sometimes use, you know, I don't have resources, I don't have enough funding, and they forget the power of the idea. Mm. And, and, and just, it's always me, I don't have enough this, I don't have enough that. But if, if you focus on that idea, and then yeah. communicating that idea, uh, I do think resources, the appropriate resources will come. I do believe that you mean people may say that's naive, but it's worked you know, I've seen it work and it's worked for me actually. And, and so uh, that's one thing I've learned is if you have an idea and you have a hypothesis that you can test that the, the power of the idea is, is big. I mean, I, and I do believe innovation is very a democratic thing. The, the best ideas will ultimately um, get, get resources uh, and it's a very democratic, but you, you need to be creative in how you communicate these things and you got to have perseverance. And, and so that's what I see. Um, and I, but I do see some nonprofits get lost in the resources and lose their sense of that their outcomes shift from, you know, that, that real impactful outcome to some other outcome along the way that isn't so impactful and they get too wrapped up in that. Mm -hmm. And and it creates problems. So I keep those those outcome focused uh, and keep those outcomes pure. Uh, don't lose sight of the power of the idea, and and those resources will come with perseverance. I believe that. 
Well, that's incredible. That's uh, that's actually terrific as a, as a call to action as well. And Mark, you're back. Yeah, so I, yes. no, I, you know, I couldn't understand. Well, I wanted to get a chance to brag on uh, Medtronic just a little bit. And we have a lot of viewers today in Washington or who come through Washington from the embassies and all that. And they may not know that over at the Smithsonian, there's a hall of innovation and it has, you know, Silicon Valley and the Boston corridor and all of that. And right next to Silicon Valley is Minnesota's medical alley. And it features three specific innovators, you know, Earl Bakken and Dr. Lilahai and, and Manny, but it also features our region and it talks about where did innovation come from and what were the elements of having the university system, having the tinkerers in their garage, having the capital. And I think that this aspect, and I'm urging all of the folks watching this that when it's safe to go see this amazing exhibit, but it's a reminder that everything comes from the spark of an idea and then it grows and it may or may not be able to flower or flourish. But if it can and it does, then it creates the opportunity of, you know, in Minnesota Medical Alley, there's 700 members, I think. So there are at least 700 companies that have really come out of that spark of innovation. And so finding this discussion really about how do we generate the energy of new ideas through the lens of children's heart link making this incredible contribution around the world, I think is a very special way. I happen to uh, devote portion of my life to issues around heart plant transplants. And it's that whole area has been transformed from the times when things couldn't be fixed to the time now when they're fixed at birth. And uh, so we have a special story within our family about this, but I'm aware of the advancements that mean that some lives can and have been saved. And I've you know been a fan and follower of Children's Heart Link for a very long time. But today to hear these exciting plans is part of that notion of it inspiring us to get up the next morning. COVID can beat you down. You know, <laughs> losing family and people dying alone. There are elements of this, but there's also how much we can help each other take tomorrow as the first day of that next birth, rebirth, that expansion, that what are we going to do with that extra treasured time? Yeah, it's so beautifully said, and I can't help but think of Hari again, you know. Yeah. Right? Uh, what a, yes. it's just emblematic of everything you just said, and it just makes you believe that you, there's so much more we should all be doing, right? There, back to, um, you know, Jeff, it, it's not all scarcity. It's actually, there's a lot of opportunity if we just change your mindset about it. And, and I think all of us are saying that in different ways. That's very Minnesotan too, um, and being able to do that as well. Occasionally, Medtronic hosts people or like some singers or events out in your atrium, and you have a history wall mm -hmm. that helps just a regular citizen be able to walk to and say, oh, that happened in Minnesota. Oh, that <laughs> came before that. Oh, that was just a few years ago. I mean, you know, it, it's it, it's uh, there's not a, a big explanation, but you are both overcome with the pride, but the amazement. But you also think, oh, how how does my story fit into this? And oh, yeah, my grandpa has one of those pacemakers. Oh, yeah, my, my neighbor has that heart valve, you know, and so... Then somebody can see how they fit inside of that story that Medtronic has helped bring to the whole planet. And when I see it, I, I, I see that every day when I come in the office, I get inspired and kind of think, okay, what are we going to do next here? <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of innovation. What, what's next? Um. <laughs> no, it's very true. And and uh, and I just keep thinking again about the, the life that keeps getting amplified by more and more people surviving and doing more and adding more and uh, and that timeline is just going to grow because of the next next generation of innovators that are going to come through because they themselves have been touched in in some way um, and well, I'm it's sure a good time, it's a good time to be in this space I would argue you know because um, 
obviously the need is here like never before. And there's a better understanding around the world of the importance of equity. I think more people are tuned into this, to this issue and, and less people are ignoring it. I'll say that. Um, and, and the opportunity to make a difference now is like never before because of, now I'm biased, I admit it, it being a technology company, but because of technology, technology is democratizing good care. Uh, technology will break down access barriers. Now, there's there's other things that are needed around that. You need the evidence. You need the government, these public-private partnerships. You need uh, government regulations to change and things like that. But technology, there is a path to provide things like, you know, I just got off the uh, an interview uh, with some media on, on colonoscopies, and we've got a new, uh, you know, a, a pill cam, a little pill you swallow that basically gives you your diagnostic colonoscopy. This eliminates the need for, you know, the traditional colonoscopy procedure, which I won't describe, uh, but you know what that is, but you have the anesthesia, physicians, complications, and it opens the door for some of these com- these ca- countries that just can't do colonoscopies that way uh, to get colonoscopies and prevent c- colon cancer. I mean, so that's just one small example, but it's all enabled by technology advances, miniaturization, battery, image processing, cloud computing. All of that enables this and opens the door for hundreds of millions of people around the world to get access to this diagnostic uh, and, and then, then treatment. Uh, that they wouldn't have otherwise had. And it's just all from you know, advancement of technology over the last five years. I mean, so I can give you a hundred examples of these. These can be provided. These can, you can build a children's heart link around a technology like that. And I think it is about inspiring others with directions. You know, we, we have the good fortune of a 3M who thinks about physical properties of things. We have the good fortune of thinking about Medtronic, thinking about the miniaturization and the making of things so that they can be less invasive. We have all of these different components that then have made this region special and that willingness to share your government affairs person in Washington often at speeches. Uh, I see him bring a sheet of paper out and he is a list of the innovations from other parts of the world that have been very important to the success of Medtronic. And I just am so proud to, you know, be a Minnesotan and, and to have uh, Trevor representing the appreciation that it's the sharing of ideas and incorporation into successful ways of saving and extending and improving lives. That's what makes the future bright, even in the middle of this crazy pandemic and the upside down economy. Um, those kinds of values, which are at the core, like you said, you haven't changed your mission since the founding, um, that gives us all what we need to do to get up tomorrow morning and to do the right thing again. Thank you so much for bringing this incredible story, this partnership. Jackie, it's uh, always a thrill for me to think about all of this. And it it makes me, uh, sometimes it makes me cry, um, you know, all of the things in my own life. But as a practical matter, the partnership that you have been describing is an example of that SDG number 17. You know, there's all those 16, you know, cut, car crashes and deaths in half, you know, that yes. kind of thing. But then there's number 17. Yeah, partnership. that's very true. And Medtronic led the way saying that means partnering with all of our team members and employees, partnering with our civil society and nonprofits. Partnering is the secret to the success of the vaccine and all that we've done. Thank you so much for giving us that treasure of inspiration that example of partnership, that opportunity to get up tomorrow and do the right thing. Thank you again. Thank you, Mark, for the opportunity as well. Thanks, Mark. Well said. Bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Parvi. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Parvi.